about the things people love to hate, hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes. Say Wait, that you're a fan. with your chest. You're a fan. And. I saw your story. Yeah, but you that's like going to be my song. love it or hate it. So we can't. I, we have, oh, I have okay, to save okay, it. Okay, okay, save okay. it. Save it. Save it. You're teasing. You're I'm teasing. teasing. Okay. I'm teasing. People don't know what I'm talking about, probably. Maybe. No, it's very subtle. No, very subtle reference. Very clever. So. It'll I'm go very over clever, witty. Um, once we get to love it or hate it, they'll be like, "Oh, I get it." You oh know? yeah, <laughs> now I'm putting the pieces That's what together. He was about. Uh, I feel like this week has been slow in oh, pop yeah. culture news. Like we you know, had, I actually had a so much. Well, I guess not a nightmare, but <laughs> I had a dream about trying to find stories for this episode. Like I literally was Shelby. Like it is not that serious. That I know. Need. I don't know. What, I think it's because I went to bed and I was like, "Oh wait, I have this right in the morning." Because usually you're, you're like submitting evening. things to Dumois. Like <laughs> I heard Brad Pitt had a sty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my brain came up with the weirdest stories. Like I and like even in my brain, I was making up like the saddest like see news ever. Like about like bachelor drama. And like weird celebrity feuds. Like it wasn't even good stuff. It wasn't even like juicy, like, oh, so-and-so is getting divorced. It's like even my brain recognized that this week is so lame that it couldn't like oversell the fiction it was creating in my in my sleep. <laughs> okay, well, I do want to start with a question for you because oh, okay. I read a headline and I was like, I'm actually not gonna read this article. I'm just gonna wait and ask Ooh, Shelby sorry. about it. The headline from Vulture is Taylor Swift did not write the Argyle book, so why do Swifties think she did? <laughs> do you know the answer to this? You know, I've seen this floating around too. There's some sort of rumor. Argyle's that new movie coming out. Yeah, it stars like about the cat. It, well, it's kind of like the equivalent of um, Lost City, the like. Uh, uh, Sandra Bullock movie a couple of or was that yeah, last yeah. year? When was yeah. that last year? Um, so. where it's a where um Bryce Dallas Howard plays like a like mis- a mystery novelist who somehow or another is like the novels that she's writing are exposing like state secrets. So then like people are trying to kill her. Like yeah, and so she like sort of be- becomes a part of a like big international spy thriller, yeah, which is what she yeah. normally writes. And famously Dua Lipa is in it. Yeah, and yeah. John Cena and a bunch of famous people. It comes out in February. Yeah, there is like a cat in a backpack yeah, somehow or takes. another. That's all it takes. <laughs> and so is wait, is that why people think Taylor Swift is involved? I because of the cat? Is, I think what it is, is there is something about like and like this is yeah, it's <laughs> I didn't do my full research, so I don't know like what sort of mathematics are, you know, at play here, but I think what caught people's attention was there was a writer involved who had sort of a strange name that they could associate with a Taylor Swift pen name. 
And I think it was also like people are like, what is she doing? She's off tour. She has to be doing something. Like she has to be cooking up something. And like she's been trying to break into Hollywood. So I think they latched onto this because it's purple and there's a cat in a backpack. Okay, wait. I have the article pulled up. And no, you're going to finally read it. You're like, Shelby, yes, you yes. me. <laughs> well, I'm like, Shelby doesn't, Shelby, you're so like, I think there might be some numbers. I just involved. tune it out when it sounds nonsensical. I'm well, like, yeah, but we have to know. Okay, so, yeah. so here's the evidence starting with the most compelling. Okay. Ellie Conway, who I think is like the writer character, or, wait. Who? No, it's a, it's the author it's of the Ellie book. Ellie Conway is the, is the yeah. author? Yeah. Of... Of Ellie. Argyle, the book, the novel. Is elusive, the Hollywood Reporter wrote back yeah. in 2023. Yeah. She is fishy, said an anonymous source. Okay. Yeah. Ellie it's Conway's... like a pseudonym. Okay. So no Ellie... one knows who the actual author is. Of the book. Oh, because this is based yeah. on a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Ellie Conway's the author of the Argyle book. Yeah. Okay. Ellie Conway's first Instagram post was on Taylor's birthday. Chip, the cat in the backpack, follows Taylor Swift on Instagram. <laughs> Ellie Conway has posted from Cafe Reggio, walking distance from both Electric Lady Studios and Swift's Cornelia Street apartment. Yeah. Taylor Swift sells an Argyle sweater. Yeah, Taylor Swift loves Argyle. <laughs> Taylor Swift wears a sweatshirt that says Conway Recording Studios in this inst- in a certain Instagram post. Okay. Taylor yeah. seems to point to the letters Ellie in the anti-hero music video. Yeah, it's it's a, it's that. embarrassing. Okay. Ellie Conway is the same name of a character on the Australian soap opera Neighbors who Stop. first appeared Stop. on, you guessed it, Taylor Swift's birthday. <laughs> Ellie Conway, as played by natural redhead Bryce Dallas Howard, has red hair just Correct. like Taylor Swift <laughs> in the All Too Well, the short film music video. Where she's an author. The silencer on the gun in the photo is actually a Pat McGrath lipstick that Swift is known to wear. See, it's, it's something like, called oh, the 112 maybe? day theory dictates that something will happen on February 2nd, 2024, 112 days after October 13th, 2023, <laughs> the day that the Eras tour opened in theaters. The 112 days theory, as defined by Swiftopedia, is the theory that says that since the Eras tour, just, Taylor's yeah. releases stuff. Yeah, they just, yeah, it's the whole thing. <laughs> I can't. I, mean, I can't so be we, responsible for that. But so okay. we don't know who this Ellie Conway is, and people just think that Taylor Swift could be her. Yes, I think at this point they're like, "Okay, guys, we act, this isn't actually true," but that is the running theory. Yeah, that's that's the crux of it. That's the original kernel of it. Yeah, um, it doesn't look like we really have a photo of her, or maybe, or yeah. maybe this is her. Supposedly, yeah. But oh, no, I think that... the director has the said she didn't write it. Okay, the director has debunked this. Yeah, but but the director would say that, wouldn't she? That's true. That's true. It's like if Taylor wants it a secret, it's not like that. Nobody is going to be the one to break it. Um. But yeah, it doesn't really make yeah, sense. She doesn't I mean, have an author photo on Penguin Random House, and her bio is just Ellie Conway is the author of the debut thriller Argyle, the inspiration <laughs> for the upcoming film of the same name. She lives somewhere in the United States. See? Yeah, it could be. And Taylor Swift. You know what? I'm honestly now, I'm 
I'm sort of convinced. This is how it works, Matt. This is how it works. There's just enough. In, and in, when it's in a list form, you're like, oh, It's honestly the cat yeah. thing that does it the most for me. The cat thing is the one that seals it for you? Well, I'm like, the fact that this one... Well, okay. So I guess I'll say this. In, like, book publishing, like, I guess, when did Argyle the book come out? 2022, the, I think. Really? That recently? I think so. Fascinating. Argyle... Wait. It came out January 9th, 2024? That can't be right. No. Argyle book. Um, oh, okay. Up. So the book was released 2021. Is... Oh, no. It is just released. Argyle book. I'm looking. So just then it... released spy novel. Weird. Oh, so, wow. so it's us. like we're both. So becoming, it's like a hmm. so it's like a movie tie-in version of the book, basically. Well, I think it's that they sold the rights and they're like, let's make the movie, which is very odd. They sold the rights before before the book came out. Yeah, it's see, that based on I, the soon-to-be-launched spy novel, huh? <laughs> Well, now I am curious. <laughs> See, I feel like that's the thing that's weird to me. It's like you and I that having worked in strange. book publishing. It's weird that a book that's not out yet is being adapted into well, a big okay, movie. Okay. It be- it's also sort of odd that the that the author is not, you know, uh, like there's no. I mean, it's not weird in and of itself that the author like doesn't have author information because there are people who are like just write under a pseudonym. If this was a random ass book that came out in you know like 2006 and didn't have yeah. an author, and then you know became a hit, and then they made it into a movie or you know sort of like the Elena Ferrante kind of thing, yeah. then I feel like that makes sense. But for it to for the rights to have been sold before the book even came out with major stars with major stars it's like it does sort of make you wonder if the person who wrote it isn't a big deal like um or at least has her as their foot in the door that they can like right well it makes me it sort of makes me think of like the um J.K. Rowling, like Robert Galbraith thing, or like Stephen King did something similar where he was writing under a pen name for a bit. So I'm like, I kind of wonder if Ellie Conway isn't like another fit, you know, it's like, isn't Danielle Steele or somebody or, you know, James Patterson. But it is sort of interesting to think about if Taylor Swift wrote it, because (laughs) if she did write that, that does make sense that you know like she that she could sell the rights without it being uh you know they're not using her to market it so it's like right but you also know that taylor swift like loves a mystery thing and at some point it's gonna come out and wouldn't that be like a crazy story to be like (laughs) oh my gosh like she shows up at the premiere and you know like takes a mask off or something and it's taylor swift yeah yeah but but it's like and also everyone's I, reporting that she's not. I mean, so I guess I think that's it true. is weird, but it's like also Vanity Fair is like doing a debunking full spread article, you know? I also do feel like Taylor Swift would love to like write a book and have people be like, this is a great book. And then she'd be like, I wrote it. You yeah. know, that that does feel ta- very Taylor <laughs> Swift. Like, like, 
Like you well, didn't like this not really because it was butter, right. Right. She like wants to so prove herself she before she releases. <laughs> yeah. So if everyone says, wait, this book is terrible. She can be like, okay, let's not release my name. Yeah. But if it gets good reviews, she can be like, I'm actually Ellie Conway. Yeah. Well, now I'm trying to figure out why they're debunking it. Vanity Fair's mean? sources confirm that Swift is not, in fact, the author of the book. That's weird, though. I mean, I'm curious about this book now because also it didn't look like a good movie. It looks like a silly, dumb story that I'm like, this has been done before. But now all these like book reviews are like, when I read the manuscript, I was like, this has not been it. <laughs> this is a fresh story and like a one of the best, you know, mysteries or whatever, thrillers. So very curious. I wish my brain had cooked this up in the middle of the night so I could have had a more interesting dream, but wow. But also, okay, wait, here's <laughs> the other thing though, not to get sidetracked by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard's character name in the movie is Ellie Conway. Oh, is it? So now I think that actually, wait, this is just like a movie tie-in, like, like, prop sort of that goes along with the movie like they wrote the movie and then they were like oh sure like let's come up with a book that goes with it that's like supposedly by this author but like isn't but they but why would they go through the issue of saying it's like is based on a yet to be published novel like it's I like don't know, but, but this rights. is giving more like Lemony Snicket kind of a energy, yeah, I guess, yeah. to me. <laughs> Where it's like, it's a character in the book who's also like an author, quote unquote, but the author is like a fake person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's based on yet to be published novel and played. Okay. Yeah. Very, so weird, I think very that the meta. movie was created first and then they. And they just lied about it? And then the and then the book is like you know a oh like, like a five feet apart sort of yes yes like five, exactly this is the new like five, five feet, feet apart, apart. <laughs> maybe Taylor Swift wrote oh that I could see that that's more her yeah know, that's very genre. her vein you know, <laughs> and she would know that hospitals have lobster yeah, for lot. their top tier <laughs> clients because if she ever went to a hospital true. she would have gotten lobster oh wow. So, we so need to launch this we theory. Cracking, but we Taylor did Swift something. did write Five Feet Apart. <laughs> who? Uh, now I want to look up who the author of that was. Five oh, Feet Apart. Wow. wow. Yeah. Very curious. Because, you know, that's a more yeah. interesting story. I, I'm sorry. I doubted Swifties. I just immediately rolled my eyes and moved on with my life. But that is an, a very curious little mysterious morsel so i five feet apart was written by somebody named mickey daughtry who does not have a wikipedia page i'm not going to do any more daughtry mickey (laughs) mickey taylor swift has (laughs) has been to disneyland and she's a daughter and she's how many there letters are, are in Mickey there, Daughtry? <laughs> there are there are pictures of Mickey Daughtry. She does look like a middle-aged woman, but that could be somebody that they got it to play her. Is there a box behind her that Taylor Swift could be hidden in in the photo? She, Mickey Daughtry also apparently wrote The Curse of La Llorona. Do we think oh, that Taylor Swift wrote that as well? Well, mm. yeah, because that starred... No. 
no, we was don't that know. A Tom Hiddleston. Movie? I don't know. No, no, I, no. I want that was like oh, a, that was like a Hispanic cast. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, 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 yeah. Where the woman like gets drowned in the bathtub or whatever, and it's a ghost. I can't remember. I didn't. Oh, I never wow. saw yeah. it. I only saw the. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> this is going to go down as one of our more deranged episodes. We haven't. No, even I think this isn't very informative. Um, it shows our. Research research skills and how seriously we take the news that we share. Research okay. on air. On yeah. air. We did not prepare. <laughs> exactly. But we are going through it with you. We want to. Yeah, well, exactly. we did this on purpose You're because we wanted you. to give you our live reactions yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we don't want to have sort of canned and have to fake the it because we figured lows, it out a while ago. The, yes. The delusion and the grandeur. Okay. all happens together. I would also like to get your take. Oh, wow. I I do well, nothing and you just ask me questions. Well, this is also, I feel like, Taylor Swift adjacent because oh, okay. obviously one of the big stories coming out of the Golden Globes was mm. the, you know, Selena mm. Gomez talking to Taylor yeah. Swift. Were they talking about yeah. Timothy Chalamet? Then supposedly Selena Gomez was ta- t- telling Taylor about right. somebody else who she was friends with who hooked up. Yeah. But then I read an article that was like, Selena Gomez is constantly talking about how she doesn't have friends. So it's like, who was she talking about? Um, but then it came out that, that Selena Gomez was signed on to be in a Linda Ronstadt biopic, which I think people were generally excited about, you know, like, okay, Selena Gomez back. I mean, I guess she's been acting, but like, this feels like a more meaty project, but then the news broke that the director of the movie is going to be none other than David O. Russell. Ugh. Famous, like, sort of a, a abuser, yeah. bad on set, screaming at people, bad movies, most recently directed Taylor Swift in Amsterdam. Yeah. So I'm sort of like... Uh, like why I mean Selena Gomez has also been in various Woody Allen productions um yeah. so it's not like she has the best taste when it comes to directors but I'm like why is she signing up for this in the year of our lord 2024 <laughs> and was Taylor Swift involved and then also do we think that Taylor Swift who has been in a David O. Russell movie and is friends with Selena Gomez will be making an appearance in the Linda Ronstadt no. <laughs> biopic because that's also a movie like musical suppose you know mm. so taylor swift could play some other like 80s musician mm. i mean i don't see that happening i think they share a general blind spot where if something works for them they don't care about the baggage that other people bring to the table because i mean everyone had the same question when taylor swift post like the Me Too voice breakers time person of the year cover signed up to do a film, her first film in like five, 10 years with David O. Russell. So I think it's just, you know, celebrities, they just continue to disappoint. They can't be your moral, your moral compass. And Selena Gomez especially is just kind of like a sad little... (laughs) She's so weird. Figure, yeah. I mean, that biopic was just like, or I mean, the um, documentary about her was like such a yeah, head scratcher. That really, that really shed light on her in a way that I don't think she uh, could have predicted. Um, I <laughs> no, think I think about her. I think, I, like, well. I think she thought that she was coming across real well, yeah, and yeah. everyone else was like, ah. yeah. And then there was that whole like 
statement about <laughs> was it with it was like when people were like why aren't you talking about the Palestine like genocide and she's like I can't do anything what do you want from me <laughs> also, also like I don't understand what has happened to her I mean I know she has like um what she have like lupus or something lupus, yeah um but I'm like, her voice has become so unanimated in the last She's however very, many years. Yeah. And I don't know if that is somehow related to the lupus or if that's a different issue. But it's like when she was on Wizards of Waverly Place, like she had, <laughs> she had like some vigor to her. And like now so every weird. interview is like, my name is Selena Gomez. Yeah, it's no, like, I what is like, what happened her. to the voice? <laughs> I think that's just been her vibe, you know? Oh, but this reminds me of the one story I did see, which was the Hollywood Reporter was promoting the Emmys show happening. <laughs> that has already happened once this episode comes out. But oh yes. they left the audio on as they panned across this, like, seating chart. And people in the background are like, oh, she's a terrible actress, just very monotone. And it's like, we don't know what she's talking about, but they pan right past... Um, Wednesday what's her name Jenna Ortega Jenna Ortega and so people think that they were talking about her which is unfortunate given the <laughs> continued hate but honestly they should have muted that, that clip before posting do people it. hate Jenna Ortega I think she falls in the same camp as um Snow White as Rachel Ziegler because people don't Ziegler. like her yeah, I think which I know, feel like that's justified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Rachel Ziegler seems annoying and bad at acting <laughs> to me. Based on the, the Hunger Games movie, I think it's just these people have opinions, and she has the same sort of like energy that Selena Gomez has. I personally think anytime society rallies around like deciding they don't like a woman, I'm like whatever nobody's perfect you guys are being over the top like I think with Rachel Ziegler it's like she's a theater kid she gives off the same energy as a theater kid and it's like sure it can be annoying but I don't think it's that different than like you know don't you dare who get away with stuff <laughs> oh <laughs> I was like I don't bring her into this <laughs> but I mean yeah, similar, similar, similar energy for sure. You know? I mean, I will say this. Uh, I will not defend the general public because they are terrible. But I feel like I also <laughs> just like a lot of male actors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not out here standing male actors with the exception currently of Matt Damon, who I'm back on the bandwagon. Oh, my I've been thinking gosh. He's great. Stop, I'm sorry. Stop, I'm sorry. Stop. I thought he was good in air and I liked him in Oppenheimer. And, and but you don't have to stand him. He's well, like the guy who had no, to be like paid off to not make home homophobic jokes by his own child you know well i mean you know all, all of us have problems but the <laughs> i also like the fact that he just looks like a normal person like he, he looks... has had he has had zero work done in any way shape or form he looks like a dad the dad dad and i'm like and i'm like wait i love this in like, hollywood so i'm like brave. i'm like, like not so even <laughs> not even brave i'm like it seems lazy, honestly. He's like, I cannot be bothered to be having procedures and going to the gym. Like, like too this much is work why you for like me. Adam Sandler. Oh my gosh! Next thing you're gonna say is that you admire Bradley Cooper. Like, I just 
No, Bradley like Cooper. Bradley Cooper is the opposite of Matt Damon. <laughs> Bradley Cooper is trying so hard in every capacity, where he's like studying being a conductor for forty-five years to conduct six minutes of a whatever. Like, <laughs> that's a lot. I don't hate Bradley Cooper, uh, but there. Uh, but I'm not like standing Bradley yeah. Cooper. Also, Wait, I'm can still. Can we talk about the Bradley Cooper directing Maestro in character? Like, oh, I heard that. wild. Like, oh yes. Like, well, that was at the director's down. round table. And, you know, yeah. Ava DuVernay was sitting there like, what the Yeah, F? she's like, how did you direct? Yeah, she kept asking him <laughs> questions. And I was like, she's intrigued. And like Ava DuVernay is all of us at this point. She yeah. is doing, give her a Pulitzer. She was doing yeah. the, the, the work in that interview. She's like making him dig Well, because then, then the craziest like, I just, thing. just like wander around and uh, eventually people would pick up on the fact that we were rolling. And yes, that like... we were. Well, no, but the best part about it was he was talking about how the days on set where he was the old maestro, <sighs> he was like slower moving and nothing like went as fast because he didn't have as much energy <laughs> so because annoying. he was the old so the annoying. old Leonard Bernstein. Yeah, I think Natalie Portman watched that interview and then came out with her statement where she was like, yeah, I don't think women have the same opportunities to be in character because it's not like I could go home to my husband and children and be Jackie O for the rest of the summer. And I think that's a very valid point. I think we indulge men too much. It's like you yes. don't you're on a table of directors giving you side eye and they're way better directors than you will ever be. And you're trying to say that this like enhances your work somehow. And it's like, no, you're just slowing everybody else's life down. Uh, speaking of Ava DuVernay <laughs> and directing, I do, there is sort of an interesting phenomenon going on right now, which I don't know how this will actually impact the Oscars or whatever, but I do sort of want to flag it because I think it's fascinating. Mm. So last year, there was the whole two Leslie thing with um, Andrew Riseborough, where it's like nobody really watched to Leslie. And then as Oscar voting was happening, all of these like famous actors and actresses like started mm. putting on these events and whatever. And we're like, we got to support indie film. We got to support Andrea Riseborough. Right. She's so good. And then she ended up getting an Oscar nomination. So this year, Ava DuVernay's movie origin came out, which I absolutely adored. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but it had a very weird Oscar trajectory because it played the festivals in the fall, got like fairly good reviews. I think people like Ingenue Ellis is immaculate in it. Ava DuVernay is a very lauded director. Um, she hasn't, she did Selma. She also did, um, what was the Central Park Five show called? Um, when, when they see us, is that what? Yeah, it? something. They see something us now. Like that. Something. Uh, anyways, which was also good. Got a bunch of Emmys. She also did Wrinkle in Time, which we're gonna forget about. But <laughs> she hasn't. Sweet. But she hasn't made a movie since Selma. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I thought this was gonna be a bigger deal, but it really like just went nowhere and got no award nominations for anything, and sort of disappeared. Well, I mean, obviously, yes. And we'll get to that in a second. But then Neon like pushed the date for its 
um, release like back until January, which is odd. And the whole thing was just sort of strange. Like what is going on here? But during the Golden Globes, Anjanou Ellis went to an AMC in Los Angeles and was like passing out flyers for the movie herself basically (laughs) saying like this is an important story and like it's not getting any attention like I need to be passing out these things was caught on camera doing this by you know some random person who went to the movie theater and then this sort of became a viral moment where it was like yeah like what is happening that this incredible black actress in this incredible movie has gotten so little attention from anybody that she is outside of an AMC herself passing out flyers for this movie that's coming out. And since then, there's been this like all out offensive where Regina King and all of these big Hollywood actresses and actors and influencers and stuff have been putting on events Origin has been everywhere. Ava DuVernay has been everywhere to the point where Andrea Riseborough and her and the people who were supporting her last year have been throwing events for Anjanou Ellis and for Origin the movie. And now people are saying like that this could be the project that sort of does it to Leslie where because Oscar voting is happening right now. And yeah. so like this is the project that's sort of like coming out of nowhere, quote unquote. <laughs> and so now people are asking like, well, wait, was this planned all along that they were going to try to push make this push? Or was this sort of just like a last minute thing? And I think yeah, Hollywood's racist and they didn't want to pay attention to this movie, which asks tough questions, I think. And so mm-hmm. then they didn't. And then now the, you know, mostly black community in Hollywood is like, wait, we're actually going to like try to put some attention to this. And it comes out in theaters next week. And it is a really great movie. Like, why uh, is Hollywood not paying attention to this? Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah, because it's racist. And so I don't know. It's. It will I'm probably curious if it is like a strategy around this like late release where they're like, oh, well, this will put it at the top of the minds of Oscar well, voters. I think what happened is that they were planning a normal sort of release strategy yeah. for it and that didn't work or it just like didn't happen. And so now they're trying to kind of like I think that Anjou Ellis like actually did just want to go promote this movie at well, the movie yeah, theater. Yeah. And that then now they're sort of taking advantage of that and the late minute and trying to like push this, like they're trying a different strategy, yeah. which I mean, I hope works, but I sort of think won't work because I think the difference between two Leslie and uh, <laughs> origin is that origin is a black story. And yeah. obviously people are not going to be the mostly white Oscar voters are not going to be in right. as much of a hurry to get to that. And it's like but, about racism. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, actually they would say not about racism, about well, caste. Yeah, yeah. It's about caste. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but an incredible movie, which everyone should go see. I know. I've been, I'm excited. I mean, I've been, this has been on my radar one because I read the book and was obsessed. And also because I have felt like, I've seen Ava DuVernay like talk about it for so long. So I keep like checking, like, when does this come out? Like, why can't I see it yet? So I'm glad it's finally coming to theaters near me. But yeah, anyways, a weird little Oscar story. So now Oscar nominations come out on the 20th. I don't know. Mm. Sometime shortly. So we'll know soon. Yeah. And you're, of course, in that voting body. 
the Oscars. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I voted for this movie a ton for the Critics' Choice Awards, and it got no nominations because the Critics' Choice voters apparently are the most boring people on earth and just voted for <laughs> Barbie and Oppenheimer 90 times. But whatever. Yeah. Oh, cute. Okay. Do you have any other... I mean, no, I really think we've done the Lord's work with this episode, Um, really just sharing the most important news, the most important thoughts that have ever passed through our minds. Um, So let's circle back to your love it or hate it. Yes. And (laughs) uh, Ariana Grande is in a new era. Oh, yeah. What is it? I'm, I'm not a huge like Ariana Grande fan necessarily, but... She released a song called Yes And, which is like Madonna sort of inspired. Very mm-hmm. poppy. It's a fun music video. Um, Janet Jackson. Isn't it? Didn't she pay homage to a Janet Jackson? I honestly have no idea. Oh, okay. Perhaps. I, my Anyways. knowledge of Janet Jackson is truly zero other than that Super Bowl. <laughs> if, if she wasn't paying homage to that performance, I don't know another Janet, Janet, Janet Jackson performance, which is a Perhaps a blind spot on my part, but I'm actually uh, doubting it's Janet. Let me I'll Google it and circle okay. back. Oh, okay. it's Paula we'll Abdul. Cir- <laughs> oh. Okay. My bad. Paula Abdul. I Paula also don't know Paula Abdul aside yeah, from American Idol either. Yeah, yeah. So um but yeah, the song is great. Listen. This new album I mean I I love it. I'm obsessed with it to the point where I was like, I have to go to a gay bar on Friday because I was like, I have to like hear this out. And they did pay, play it like three times in an hour. So the it, the song has found its audience, let me say. Yeah. But <laughs> supposedly this album is kind of about like revenge and like breaking up because obviously her boy or she broke up with her fiance or whoever uh, husband. Yeah. Um, cause now she's with SpongeBob and I, it, it's like fun. It's more poppy so far. Everybody has been making like more dancey music. I feel like in the last year mm. or so, mm-hmm. which I, I think is an interesting trend and a trend that I am appreciating. Cause those are the kind of albums I like. Um, so I'm excited to see Ariana do more of like a fun dancey club kind of thing than her usual sort of slower like more R&B ish I, I, I guess I don't I even mean, know how you'd classify her last okay yeah, yeah yeah but like thank you next is much like and though and I feel like her songs so far are like not as like dancey they're like she has a lot of songs that are kind of like not slow but like slower like kind of weird to dance to um do you Where know her like, like earlier stuff, like Breaking Free and all of that stuff? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. And I, I like her early stuff. And yeah, um, yeah. what was it, like the Iggy Azalea song and yeah. Popular, which is a great number, I will say. Um, so I, I don't know, but I feel like her last like three or four albums have not really done it for me, and I'm excited for me her maybe I guess to get back to her yeah, more yeah. roots yeah. or to just sort of go more in that direction. So. I, I love, love that the new for song. You, I guess you're like I hate this. I just Ariana Grande rubs me the wrong way. I feel like she's I don't know, like the the iterations of her career and how they sort of like the black scent and the 
dark tan and the racial ambiguity that she I, it's whatever i i listened to the song i couldn't it went back to a ariana that i didn't like like i really liked her sweetener album and like the thank you next era but this like barely enunciated like <laughs> oh well you can never understand a word she says yeah it's not it's not giving for me but i'm happy that you enjoyed it okay. and you know well. she's very much she's done with the fake tan and i i mean yeah it's great i <laughs> i'm happy for you um what do you have then okay so i watch the holdovers and oh gosh okay. it's on peacock now or whatever and i was willing to give it a chance because i know you didn't like it but like it's 98 percent or whatever everyone's obsessed with it it won a bunch of emmys for the acting categories and i i just find it so boring i find it so like annoying how we just continue to like promote the most like lame overdone like predictable stories i and this one especially frustrated me because the most interesting character by far is the the cook the the black actress who won best supporting actress and she's like dealing with the loss of her son but instead we're like forced to like watch this like curmudgeon teacher like come to terms with a difficult student and they both learn from each other and it's just like i grew up in the era of Dead Poet Society, Mona Lisa Smile, Emperor's Club, whatever. I just feel like I cannot deal with another like white professor teaching <laughs> children to like be better. I don't know. It just was so uninteresting to me. And it's fascinating that this is a movie that's getting more attention than like something like Origins or even something like The Color Purple. Like I just I don't know. I I'm I don't understand how something catches attention as like, oh my gosh, this is the best film, the best performances, the best like this should be nominated for an Oscar because to me this movie is very much like your bread and butter like just average like sort of Netflix special. I just I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you are preaching to the choir. I saw this yeah. movie at Toronto. Maybe I talked about this on the episode on an episode about a way back. I don't know, um, but I saw it at Toronto, and I and I saw it right after Origin. So I saw Origin first in the morning, which I loved and like sobbed during, and then I went and saw Holdovers, and I was just like, this movie is too long. It's two and a yes. half hours. Yes, it is a plot line we have seen so many times between like an old uh, crotchety man and a young yeah. whippersnapper, and they realize that they actually have more in common than they think, yeah. and they can learn from one another, and. I feel like if you're looking at those types of movies, it's like we've seen St. Vincent, Secondhand Lions. Like there's so yes. many different iterations of this exact concept. And I felt like it's long. Like sure, there's funny bits. And I do love Paul Giamatti as an actor. So I'm always excited to see mm -hmm. him and to see him do well. But like I just didn't think that there was anything here that was that original or exciting. Yeah. So then at, later when other people were like, oh my gosh, best movie at the festival, The Holdovers. I was like, what? Like, were we on the same planet watching this? But I have felt that over and over and over again this year because I felt that with Barbie. I felt that with Oppenheimer. I felt that with this. I'm just like, I don't, 
Like yeah. they are movies that are fine, but they are not movies that I watch and think, wow, like this yeah. is groundbreaking. And Barbie and Oppenheimer at the very least have a Do lot something. of craft yeah. Yeah. things going on where it's like, yes, maybe there's parts of Barbie or parts of Oppenheimer that I'm, you know, quibble with or don't appreciate but it's like i can say wow the like costumes the production design the acting yeah. the like there's a lot going on there that i think should be lauded where the holdovers i don't even think has that really because it's you know <laughs> it's set at a boarding school like whatever um and i was i there was a tweet that um well, and there's been articles written about this too, but and I've talked with some of my film friends about it. But the the Davine Joy Randolph character is like slightly more fleshed out than would have been in like a '90s version of this right. movie. And so I think, and and she is a great actress. She was really good in Dolomite is my name. She was really good in On the Come Up. She's, you know, pops up in a month in a billion different things. She was in Rustin this year as well. Like she's a great actress. So I do not begrudge her any of her uh accolades that she's getting from this. But I do think that there is a level of like she's giving just enough that a lot of like white critics and people who are in voting bodies can be like, Oh my gosh, like we love her. Like she's a big part of the reason why we like this movie. This isn't just like a normal sort of dead poet society movie because there's this plot line about a black woman who's like sort of interesting and wow, like uh, such a great, exciting thing. And then they can sort of pat themselves on the back for liking mm -hmm. this movie. Yeah. And it's a little bit of the like magical Negro kind of trope of this black woman makes like white people feel better about themselves. No, literally. Cause I, Matt was, I mean, Rob was like, Oh, they're going to fall in love. And I was like, no way she's going to open him up and he's going to like find some white love interest. And that's exactly what happened. And it's just like, yeah, it's just all so predictable. And it's so like uninteresting, like her storyline could have been the more interesting, like the better part of the film but it's just this like b plot that really doesn't go anywhere or isn't allowed to breathe in the same way um that yeah, like i mean grumpy paul giamatti is the script is from um uh, alexander payne so it's like this would never have been a movie about her you know like maybe yeah, ava, du ava duvernay or somebody could have written this movie about her um and that character and what she was going through but yeah no that's the movie that's better and that's the movie that i want to see her have that role in yeah. but she has won almost every critics prize and yeah. while i do think that she's good in the role it does feel very much in the vein of Hattie McDaniels and Octavia Spencer and sort of like a we can support a minority person right. in a supporting role where they mm -hmm. help a white person mm -hmm. and Hollywood loves that and in a lot of ways that also feels like what's happening with Lily Gladstone in some capacity yeah. and it's just like why can't we give these people better full 
fully fleshed out roles. And then why can't we support those? Like, why are we like the woman King last year did not get the accolades that it deserved this year. We have things like origin and the color purple, which are not doing well. Like Michelle Yeoh was so like, that was such a moment last year because that is a main character fleshed out, interesting role that they finally gave best actress trophies to. And even that was sort of like, clawing to get it and basically Kate Blanchett had to be like I don't want this Oscar in order for people to give it to Michelle Yeoh and now this year yeah it's like everybody is just patting themselves on the back so much because they love the holdovers because Davine Joy Randolph is in it and it's like I love Davine Joy Randolph like I I think like love that she's getting these awards but it's kind of like why do we keep supporting this type of story and this type of role when we are not supporting things like the holdovers thing or i mean things like the color purple things like origin that are actually like stories from my i mean even past lives i feel like is getting sort of overlooked a bit in this awards race and it's like that's a story about asian and asian american culture that is by an asian american like we're not getting these we're not supporting this in the same way it's frustrating yeah i'm like glad for any person of color to like get their laurels and like hopefully that means that she's allowed more interesting roles and like this you know elevates her career like it did for octavia spencer like it does for you know all like i understand that it's valuable that they at least get the recognition but it is unfortunate that they're yeah, it's like we aren't paying attention to movies that have more diverse casts. And so it is this like white majority being like, oh, well, look, I saw a black person in film and I'm not racist. And it's like, it's unfortunate. And it's like, I think I wouldn't ever say like, oh my gosh, she doesn't deserve this. Like, why is she getting this? Because I think, you know, to her credit, she took a nothing plot and made it memorable in a way but it is like totally a pattern and a frustrating one that we have to like (laughs) like I even think of Green Book and I'm like that was such a weird blip but at least Green Book like gave I don't know like it it's so hard to figure out the right like way forward when you're dealing with so much like systemic and sort of internalized like racism and biases and I was watching this and I was like, I don't think these people actually care like about her story or her character. It's just like you said, it's kind of an easy way to avoid the hashtag Oscar so white without really like changing your pattern of like what you see and what you value because this is a very white centric story and it's very mediocre and it's very much like speaking to a very distinct group of people and experiences in the upper crust of of white society in America. And so it's just kind of like, yeah, it just gets kind of tiring. And I feel like this movie, this year of movies feels so like boring. But when you like sit down and think about like the movies that you actually like, like I'm like, there's so many fun movies that people just aren't watching in mass in the same way. So you are stuck with these sort of like, yeah, kind of like, strange movies that capture the interest of people and it's like why are we watching (laughs) the holdovers instead of like talking about polite society or how to blow up a pipeline or like you know movies that actually try something because this is just I don't know it's just like 
sad white dudes, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this year has had so many, I feel like, really great, um, you know, more diverse movies like All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt, I think it should definitely be in the words conversation, and it's not... And that was a, like American fiction was so funny. So oh good. my gosh. I love American fiction. And again, so, that feels something like where they're like, okay, we're going to give this some nominations because yeah. we need to, but it's like not going to win anything actually, no. which is so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I love American fiction. Yeah. So anyways, that's my rant. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll see a lot more of the holdovers in this week's awards. Obviously the Oscar nominations, and it's like, you know, whatever. Every year has sort of these things where I'm like, this is what sparks people's like passion. But it was whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, we will be back on Thursday to talk about our first 2024 movie of the year, which is Mean Girls, the musical. Is that a song from? Is that a song from? <laughs> Yeah, that was my. I didn't want to sing, so I was just. Oh. Um, humming. You were humming. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. It was well, the it, it was the orchestration. I'm like, I'm like fans. If you know what Shelly was humming, uh, please write <laughs> in. If you do not, then you are with me. I um, think I'm basically as talented as. And, I was, so. and I mean, we, I've I've been saying you're the Renee rap of this podcast Thank for you, years. Yeah. Um. So we'll be talking about that on Thursday. Uh. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye.